Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Peter Dish. Pete, are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Pete is the founder, portfolio manager, and wealth advisor at Great Point Wealth Management. Excited to have you on. Peter, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. All right. Well, thanks for having me on. Um, kind of personal life. I'm a father to three kids, nine, eight, and four years old. So my wife and I are very busy nice. uh, managing that aspect of our lives, as I'm sure many of uh, your audience members can relate. Um, and the reason I do what I do is pretty much, you know, at a pretty young age, um, obviously grasp the concept of if you were to go to work for a day, you earn some money and um, that could buy you things and help uh, kind of build your lifestyle out. But shortly thereafter, I learned about this idea that if you saved up enough of that money that you didn't have to work, you could just let your money do the work for you and you could uh, enjoy yourself quite a bit more that way. So I was probably nine or 10 when I came to the realization of that. And um, pretty much ever since, I've just been trying to find better ways to make that happen uh, for people. And it led me to finance and then ultimately to becoming a financial advisor. And now I have the really the great privilege of uh, doing that for a number of folks um, professionally. Nice. Well, I appreciate that. And those are good lessons to learn as, as a young person right there. Okay. So let me get this straight. I show up for a little bit of time. I get paid. And then you figure out, okay, if I take this money that I've gotten paid and I actually save it, then I probably don't need to work quite as hard. And maybe even at some point I can stop working if I were so inclined. Financial independence. Exactly. Yes, I love it. So just as a just as a quick aside, so you said nine, eight, and four? Kid, yes. Yep. Girl, girl, boy. Nice. Okay. And uh how 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 has that been talking to kids about money and helping to or working to hopefully instill positive behaviors? Yeah, you know that's interesting because it's timely. Also, um, my nine year old made her first communion last year, and then my eight year old just did so a couple of weeks ago. So you know you get um, you know some checks from relatives and friends and so on and so forth. And so what I have done with them is I've opened up a fidelity account with their money. We're just buying no transaction fee ETFs in there. And uh, we don't go over it much, but maybe every six months I'll grab a statement and show them how their money's doing. And um, sometimes they're, you know, more happy about it than others depending <laughs> on how the market's been. But um, it's been, I think a good uh, just introductory lesson for them um, that, you know, it's not just, putting money into CDs or savings accounts or spending it. And yeah, we try to teach them, you know, um, if you earn a dollar, maybe a, a third of it, you can spend right away. Um, a third of it goes away for the long term, and a third of it maybe is going towards a specific goal. So um, we definitely try to instill some level at an early age of, um, you know, financial acumen for them. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, and I think that the the more any human being, whether you're four, nine, or forty, the, right. the the more we can try to instill good habits, kind of the better. So, so I appreciate that. Um, exactly. We're talking about this idea yeah. of of working towards financial independence and helping people to 
helping people to get there if, if, if that's what they're interested in doing. And that's probably, that's probably true. Tell us a little bit about how, how it is. It's a really kind of a broad question, but how do you coach people from, you know, the first time that they've maybe met you to now you've got a client who's, who's doing a lot of the right things. Talk us through that process a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, so there's going to be a large subset of people who are just going to be financially independent without even really trying. It's just whether that's luck or their skill or whatever. Um, they're just, that's just going to happen for them. And so we do fortunately work with clients like that also, but if I'm thinking more of where we're trying to instill some behaviors, I would just go back to the very beginning of my career where we were basically trying to um, take on clients and get them to save any amount of money. Um, that might even be as, as little as $250 a month. And I can think back to, so this would be 17 years ago, to uh, certain clients that I still have with me from that time where they were really young and you know, every time they came in for a meeting, I would say, okay, do you think you could just save $100 more? So they started, let's say 300, this time, so could we do 400? And then all of a sudden they're up to a thousand or $2,000 a month and they really don't miss it out of their paycheck. And then 15, 20 years later, you know, they've got like a million bucks saved up and it wasn't really a heavy lift on their part. It's just letting the, you know, the power of compound interest do its thing and being, um, and being consistent in your behaviors around money. So that's one example of saving, but then, um, I mean, there's so many other aspects to consider, but it all basically comes down to having a plan, whether that plan is for having, you know, adequate protection for insurance, adequate cash reserve strategies, adequate long-term investment planning. And then of course you would get into estate planning and all that kind of stuff. The most successful people hands down without a question are those who have a well-defined plan and check in on it. Maybe every six to 12 months at the most, you can't micromanage these big picture plans. The more people do that, the worse they seem to fare. So I think that there's also the happy medium there of, um, you know, not trying to outsmart yourself. Yeah, I certainly appreciate that. And uh, I think we've all been guilty probably too much of, of really trying to outsmart ourselves and, 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 and outthink things. So there's definitely value in in sometimes, I don't want to say leaving well, well enough alone, but just knowing that, hey, we worked hard to put this plan in place and now we just need to let it actually do its job. So, but from- Exactly. And, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with, with actively making the choice to do nothing. So we discussed that a lot with our clients. It's okay to do nothing as long as that was a deliberate choice that you made. And most times that's actually the right answer, but you do want to make the choice to do nothing as opposed to do nothing just by way of inertia. Right. (laughs) Making the choice to do nothing is an absolute correct course of action continue to do nothing that's probably it's probably it's probably not 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 the path to financial success all right so i i think there's a lot of great stuff that 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 you said um having a plan is probably one of the primary indicators to whether or not you're going to be financially successful but it doesn't mean that that if somebody who's listening they say well i don't necessarily have a plan but we can go back to some of those folks that you started working with early in your career who were just exponentially or incrementally rather uh, increasing the amount that they were saving. So 
Maybe they didn't have the most dynamic financial plan in the world, but they were learning the right behaviors, and then they had, you know, then then they maybe got to a place in their life where it was time to put a, put a plan in place, and it was probably pretty easy for them to execute because they'd been doing it. I would agree with that one hundred percent. Yes. So. So for those who are, yeah, I mean, yes, you need a plan, so important, but just getting started and getting getting used to saving first and foremost. So getting the habit and then incrementally making changes, so I appreciate that. How difficult is it for people to, to look into the future 20, 30 years down the road and to be planning for that? Is that something you think that comes natural? No, I think that in some cases, um, it's, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, and I always am totally upfront with everybody I work with in that we are, we're basically guessing. So we're trying to make really, really, uh, solidly educated guesses, but we really don't know what's going to happen 20, 30, 40 years from now. And I think everybody can pretty much admit that, but what we are able to do is say, given what could reasonably be expected to happen over the next 30 years, how should we then position your cash flow or your investment planning, um, your entire financial profile? I think that we have a framework that we can work with, um, but I, the longer that time frame, the less certainty you're gonna have in the outcome. But I think what most people are after people just want to feel good about themselves. And so, you know, one way that you can do that is by feeling responsible in how you're handling your finances. And so I think that goes a long way towards people just feeling like they have a little bit more control over their lives, specifically as it relates to their finances and just having that plan in place, knowing that, Hey, look, I'm doing the best I can. I've got a plan in place. I'm executing on that plan. I'm updating it as needed. And if all of these things that I believe to be correct turn out not to be true because of some sort of third deviation event that, you know, you can't expect or plan for, now some of those things you can fix with insurance. Um, but I think people just want to know that they're, they're, they're doing the best that they can. And that's, that's a lot of what financial planning is about. I think that that's really well said right there. And yes, people feeling good that they are doing the things that will help them to be responsible or long-term help them to be financially successful makes them a responsible person. Um, so I absolutely appreciate and respect that. Um, and helps them to feel in control and that they're doing the things that they can be doing. So yes, but there's certain things that we can't plan and, and for. George, yeah. yeah, exactly. And the other thing that I would just add to that is, um, you know, all, you know, lots of times people look at financial advisors as people who, um, are just trying to capture people's money and, um, not let a single thing go to waste. And while some of that is true in terms of trying to be very thoughtful about uh, how your money is spent, um, that's what money is for. Money is for spending, um, as well as for investing. And so what I have found in working with my clients is that lots of times they feel guilty about things that they're spending money on. And then they're going to get to the age of 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. They're going to have a lot of money that they have accumulated, but maybe they didn't enjoy it along the way as much as they could have. 
And the planning process really hope, helps kind of, you know, shed some light on that aspect of it too, because if we can put a solid plan together that says we just need you to save X dollars a month and you're hitting those savings rates, then that what I say is the rest of it, don't even worry, spend it on whatever you want, no matter how frivolous you think it is and feel good about doing that. Enjoy doing that part, knowing that you have cut aside the savings rate that you need to deliver on your plan. That has been very liberating for a lot of my clients to have that kind of discussion where they can say, you know what, I don't need to worry about, you know, maybe upgrading our hotel room on vacation or whatever it might be, um, because I know I am hitting that savings target. I think that's such a great point right there, that yes, money is in fact for spending, not only investing and saving and giving people that that that, right. that that permission to be able to live whatever kind of life that they that, that they want, just knowing that, hey... We, we hit the thresholds we were trying to hit. Now go ahead and, and spend on whatever it is you want. Exactly. Nice. I like it. All right. So are there certain things that, that you wish, certain things that you see on a consistent basis that you wish people would stop doing? Well, I think that if you're looking at the, you know, really big picture and um, statistically, people are making terrible decisions with their investment portfolios all the time. And I'm not going to get the numbers exactly right. So, uh, but there's been plenty of studies done that say something like the average mutual fund over the last 30 years has earned 11% per year. The average mutual fund investor over that same time frame has earned like 3 or 4% per year. And so if the mutual fund is doing 11 and the investors are only doing four, that can only mean one thing. And that means that uh, the investors are getting in and out of the mutual fund at the wrong time. And you see this all the time. Um, you know, the stock market to me is, is amazing in so many ways. And one of the ways that I think it's most amazing is that it's the only market place in the world where when it's very much on sale, Nobody wants to buy anything. Um, <laughs> but when it gets more expensive, people are more inclined to buy stuff. It's the only, literally the only market in the world that operates that way. I find that to be amazing. And I would say for sure that is the number one thing that people do wrong with their finances. Yeah, I think that that's right. I think that that is right. We uh, have a tendency, and it's our brain's fault, I think, a lot of the time. It's, <laughs> it's certainly emotions play, play a role in it also. But... We are just hardwired to uh, to to make bad investment bad investment investing decisions, even though I intellectually understand a lot right. of the rules. So, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so so, uh, how do you counsel people to get started? Is it just taking that first step? What is it? Well, you know, I think probably the first step is really to do some self help. Um, and kind of see where you come out after that. And by that, I mean, nobody goes to libraries anymore, but you can go, you know, you could go to a library and get plenty of books about investing and financial planning. You can go online and certainly do that. And I think that for most people, it's just going to be very basic getting started. And then once you have more questions uh, about what you're learning than answers, then it might be time to reach out to a professional. And in that case, I would say that um, there's plenty of us out there. 
they, uh, the type of advisor that I would go with would be a fee-only independent advisor, and that would be in contrast to um, many others who might work on commission or you know have some other kind of conflict of interest. In this day and age, there's no reason to get financial advice from anybody but a fiduciary. And so that's somebody who would hold your interest above their own, somebody who is legally obligated to give you the very best advice possible and is also not able to take commissions based on any products or services recommended. It's just a, it's just a two-way contract between the client and the advisor, and the advisor's only motivation is to help the client uh, do as best as they possibly can financially. To me, that's a no-brainer, and that's absolutely where I would start and finish my search, just finding an advisor that operates that way um, that you connect with. Nice. That makes sense. Well, Peter, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? The difference-making tip I kind of mentioned earlier, and it is just basically don't outsmart yourself. Um, Investing does not have to be rocket science. Um, you can't, the, the, the less frequently you are trading, the better, um, typically the more often you are looking at your monthly statements and performance, the worse off you will be because you'll make some emotional decisions. So don't outsmart yourself. Keep it simple. Keep it basic. Once things start getting a little bit more complicated, you have more questions than answers, reach out to a fiduciary who can help guide you down the right path. And I think that if you follow those just very basic principles, you will be ahead of uh, more of your peers than not. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. And Pete, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Um, Savage Nation can learn more about us either at our website, www.greatpointwealth.com. You can also follow me on LinkedIn. And uh, those would probably be the two primary ways. Perfect. Well, Savage, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Pete your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to greatpointwealth.com. Check out everything that got going on and follow him on LinkedIn as well. Thank you again, Pete. George, thank you. Appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there you can just go to the website i'll also list that in the notes of the show what's up savage nation please support the show by subscribing leave us a review and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it come on